Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. Now, look, if you're like me, you've been following the headlines. You know, what is the latest celebrity that's been trying to have a child? What are the stories we're hearing in our pop culture? How aware are we? Well, today, I'm so thrilled to be doing this show with Dr. Eve Feinberg. Joining me here today, Medical Director of Northwestern Medicine, Fertility and Reproductive Medicine. And here's why. Because there's hope for women struggling with infertility. This is an expert discussion, our good news segment, to talk about treatments, options, and misconceptions. Uh, Dr. Feinberg, great to have you here. I mean, you know, I use the reference to our pop culture because you know why we, we refer to our pop culture. We look at people like Jennifer Aniston. We look at people, you know, that are looking at having their child. The latest couple to have a child with uh, the, you know, the, the woman over 40 is our fixer-upper couple, and everybody on the planet is talking about how she was too old. So let's talk about what is the truth and what inf infertility is. Yeah, so I think those are great questions, and I think that there's a lot of um, awareness that Hollywood and celebrities bring to the field of infertility, but I think it's also fraught with some misperceptions, mm -hmm. so I'm really glad that we're talking about this. Yeah. Um, infertility becomes more prevalent as women get older, and the treatments that we have, while they are amazing and life-changing, the one thing that they can't overcome is the impact of age. Yeah. Um, we can bypass it. So a lot of women who get pregnant in their late 40s and early 50s don't get pregnant with their own eggs. And I think that's kind of what I consider Hollywood's dirty little secret mm -hmm. is that women will use eggs from a young, healthy 20-year-old um, egg donor, and they will combine that egg with partner or donor sperm, and they will carry that baby, but genetically, it doesn't come from their own egg. And I think that there's no shame in that. We have the ability to carry pregnancies safely into our late 40s and even early 50s, but biologically, our egg supply gets depleted um, in our early 40s. Yeah. I, I was one of those late babies um, my uh, mom had my sister, and then 12 years later, uh-oh, here she is, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to even get into how that happened, but, you know, the, the conversation really is for people that are struggling and working to have a child. There's so many things that they don't know, and what you're doing here is bringing a conversation to the table, 
but part of the conversation has to do with what we know, what we don't know. You know, are we looking at this issue being an issue for married couples? Does it matter? You know, how many women uh, out there uh, have been having issues but haven't used any of the services? You know, where are we with some of these numbers today? Yeah, so, I mean, those are all great questions. Um, infertility is very prevalent. So one in eight couples will, at some point in their life, have a diagnosis of infertility. And it's just as common to struggle having a second baby or a third baby as it is to struggle having a first baby. So mm -hmm. just because you had one, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can have another. Um, when we look at who struggles with infertility, it's really infertility is blind to race and ethnicity. All uh, races and all ethnicities have the same rates of infertility across the board. And it's not an American issue or a Chinese issue. It's, a, it's really a worldwide issue that we face. Um, and it's not just straight couples. I mean, we do a lot of family building in lesbian, gay, yeah. bisexual, trans patients too, because naturally the definition of infertility is unprotected intercourse without conception. However, if you don't have the right body parts or the right gametes, you have infertility as well. Yeah. You know, I think the issue really is, um, and what I see as one of the issues is uh, when to decide to go get help. Because it's a bigger question than just a few statistics and a logic. This is an emotional uh, conversation. And women, uh, and men, by the way, women, men, however you want to look at it, the idea that I am not really having the child that I want right now, that's emotional awareness and awakening. And it's harder for uh, w women, I think, to say, we've got to go get help. It's like, my gosh, why can't we just do it? Correct. And I, I think you really hit upon an important point um, in the emotional aspect of it. And infertility is, is just as much a medical disease as it is a psychological, mm -hmm. um, as it has psychological impact. And the decision of when, so medically, the decision of when to seek treatment, mm -hmm. um, very specifically, we define infertility as the inability to conceive or sustain a pregnancy after 12 months of unprotected intercourse mm -hmm. in somebody who's under 35. And in women older than 35, that window gets shortened to six months. And so when do you seek treatment? Well, I'm biased, but you seek treatment sooner rather than later. Don't wait two and a half years. If it doesn't happen within a year, yeah. it's probably not going to happen mm -hmm. naturally. Mm -hmm. um, and the longer you wait, the more difficult it can be to treat because of the impact of age. Mm. The other really important part is not just the emotions, but the access um, to care. And unfortunately, in um, this day and age, infertility coverage is not always granted by insurance. And that's a whole separate conversation and a whole separate issue, but it does factor into the decision of when and how to see a specialist. You know, you you have been out in the world, Dr. Feinberg. You have been an advocate 
of reproductive, I like to call it reproductive openness and awareness. And you have been out there, not only just writing articles and being a phenomenal doctor, but you have been looking at how do we get this message out there that provides both local and national uh, help? How do we open up a conversation just like you did right here on the show? Because you're right. This is not just an issue for heterosexual couples now. Uh, it, th those days, you know, pretty much, um, you know, have ha are gone. But at some point in time, you realize there's something that's not happening. I had no idea it was a year. See, I would have thought, I would have erred on the side of six months, I'm going to get some help here, right? <laughs> but I, right, and that's not the wrong answer. Right. It's not the wrong answer. I'd rather yeah. see somebody sooner rather than later. Yeah. So I want to know, what are some of the fertility treatment options? Because I think this is an area where we really start to make up stories <laughs> or have misconceptions. <laughs> Yeah, so I think a lot of it depends on what the underlying cause of infertility is. So I think of it like anatomic infertility. You can have a problem with the uterus that may be surgically correctable. So for example, uterine fibroids um, are a large cause of infertility and oftentimes surgery can restore proper anatomy in the uterus. If somebody has a polyp or something on the inside of the uterine cavity, a simple minor surgical procedure can clear out the inside of the uterus and make it more hospitable for implantation. Endometriosis, more controversial as to whether or not surgery is beneficial and that must be individualized, mm -hmm. but it's also possibly amenable to surgery. In the arena of, okay, non-surgical treatments, what else is there? There's medical therapy, so things like medications, pills, shots, hormone injections, and then that can be coupled with intrauterine insemination, which is where you take the sperm and you place it inside the uterus. And then non-medical treatments are things like ART or assisted reproductive technologies, and that's really where you get into some of the most advanced and sophisticated therapies for infertility that require taking the eggs and the sperm outside of the body, creation of embryos, and then you can do an, an additional step where you can do some advanced, sophisticated genetic testing on those embryos to look at chromosomes or for couples that carry genetic diseases, you can actually screen the embryo to make sure that the embryo is not affected. And then you can transfer that embryo back to a woman's uterus. And you can use a woman's own eggs, donor eggs. You can use a woman's own uterus or you can have a gestational carrier or somebody carry a pregnancy um, for another couple who's unable to carry. So we really address the full gamut of reproductive options. Yeah, uh, the thing that I love, I was at your website, and let's take a moment to make sure folks know how to find out more about you, how to find out more about Northwestern Medicine. Um, what's the best website? Is it uh, N is in North uh, m.org. What, what is the best way to get people to find out more? Yeah, so nm.org slash radio will okay. take you to the landing site. And then from there, you can, uh, you can explore. Okay, so here's the thing. I know, my gosh, we've got minutes left. Um, uh, on the website, I love this phrase, let our family help build your family. Uh, best Hospitals, U.S. <laughs> News, National Gynecology, seven, 2017 to 18, and you can see why. 
Let our family help build your family. And then you list how that happens. Can I ask you this? What do you see if you look out a year or two from now is going to be one of the most important directions you all will be going and paying attention to? Um, so I see improvements in success rates in IVF. And I think that that's largely due to genetics and our ability to genetically analyze both the embryo as well as the endometrium. So I think of it like seed and soil um, and being able to really pinpoint the optimal window for implantation and the best embryo in which to place uh, in, into which to place it. Um, the other thing I want to ask you about is I want to go back to the emotional part of this, because I think this is also a part of the vision. Um, it's clear that when I go to the website, I, and you all very clearly talk about the fact that you have PhDs in clinical psychologies available uh, to support the partner, other members of the family, and navigate through the emotional challenges of this. I want your uh, perspective on this, because for many years, this component was left out. Yeah. So the diagnosis of infertility has been shown to be as stressful for an individual as the diagnosis of cancer. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a really important point to realize that when couples aren't getting pregnant or when an individual is not getting pregnant, it impacts their entire well-being. And I think the cancer world has done a really good job of taking care of the whole patient. And we in the arena of infertility are trying to are trying our hardest to help care for the whole patient. And the whole patient is the patient, the couple, the family members, and really encompassing both the medical and the psychological aspects of treatment because they're so closely intertwined. Mm. The other part of it is the idea of dropout, like many patients give up or they drop out of treatment. And it's not, um, it's not because they can't afford it, although that's certainly a part of it, but it's because of fatigue, stress, loss of hope, and depression that couples don't stick with therapy. And so if you can keep them engaged and hopeful and you can take care of their mind and their body and their spirit, Ultimately, they're going to find more success with infertility treatment. Mm. Uh, well, I want to thank you for today. Uh, also, I'd like to make sure you mention the website again. And then my last question is: I'd love to know your personal message. What you want to? What would you? What would you like to leave us with today? Um, great. So, the website is nm.org/radio, and my personal message is that every person who wants to become a parent should become a parent and will become a parent as long as they stay open-minded and stick with treatment. There's always a way to become a parent. Yeah. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, really. And thank you for the innovation that Northwestern Medicine has put forth. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with more on the Transformation Network and the Dr. Pat Show. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.